We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. You're home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com podcast. Plenty to talk about as we continue to dive into the offseason. We got to talk about the Lakers signing. Some things that are a little bit alarming, despite as exciting as some of them are. There's still some serious questions about this team that Rob Palenka has assembled that we're going to dive into. Plus, we need to, of course, talk about the trade rumors, everything going around revolving around Kyrie Irving, of course, Kevin Durant and all of that sort of stuff. And, well, yeah, we got to talk a little bit about Summer League. So let's dive into it. If you're joining me from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter, welcome in. Thanks for joining me live. I'll be taking your questions and comments. And if you're listening to the podcast version of this over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, I love, love reading all of those five-star ratings and reviews that we've been getting coming in. Truly do appreciate them. If you haven't done it yet, would would really appreciate it. Again, if you would take about 20 seconds, go leave us a five-star rating and review. All right, let's dive into some of this stuff that's going on right now. And I think really we just need to kick things off with what's happening at this moment regarding the Kyrie Irving trade. So there's a a Twitter thread that published some stuff that was said on on ESPN LA by, by Jovan Buha. Uh, of the athletic uh, who I saw at summer league just a few days ago. And he kind of gave some details on where the Kyrie Irving situation is at. Nothing that I personally have heard, but it all has the ring of truth to it. So um, let's dive into what it was that was there. And essentially, essentially just kind of giving you the, the big picture overview of it. Essentially what Yovan is saying is that the nets and the Lakers are stuck on draft picks that the nets want both the Lakers 2027 and 2029 first. The Lakers want to just have one first in the Kyrie Irving trade. Not a surprise. Not a surprise. And this is, this is why, like, again, I haven't personally heard this, but I don't doubt what Jovan is saying here. I don't doubt what this this Twitter thread that just, you know, summarized everything that Jovan said. It That sounds pretty legitimate. I mean, if you're the Nets, you want both firsts. If you're the Lakers, you don't want to put in both first. And if you're the Lakers, it's not so much about, oh, man, we really have to have a draft pick in 2027 or 2029 because we want to draft somebody that year. No, it's about having future assets and having flexibility to make other moves. The problem is if you put in the 2027 and 2029 first and then you need to do something at the trade deadline this year, good luck. You don't have that capital to go do something with. Or let's say that the big plan for the Lakers, and I've said this for a while, that the ideal situation would be you get a Kyrie trade done and you get a Kyrie and a Joe Harris or something in a trade, and then you're able to still have the assets to go swing a trade for Buddy Heald or Eric Gordon. This Lakers team needs shooting, and we're going to talk more about that in just a bit here, but that's the ideal scenario. Well, guess what? If you give up both firsts in the Kyrie Irving trade, that limits your ability to do that. So that... I think is also a factor in this situation. Now, the Nets, meanwhile, 
they are not in any hurry to move Kyrie Irving. Number one, they've got the Kevin Durant situation to try to deal with. They've got to try to figure that out. Um, somebody said, I miss Ron. Don't worry. I, I talked to Ron. Ron uh, is going to be around on um, on Wednesday's show. So he's coming back. I'm excited. Um, but the Nets are looking at KD first. And they have to. That's the bigger trade. There's a lot more moving parts. There's a lot more that they're trying to get out of a trade like that. So that's important. They're going to look at that first. That's fine. But the Nets are also playing the Lakers in the sense that they're hoping that August 4th date, which is when LeBron can officially sign his, his extension, will give the Lakers that extra motivation to go ahead and give up everything, both picks, right? They're hoping that LeBron will make it known to the Lakers that he is not signing a contract extension with the team as presently constructed and therefore put pressure on the Lakers in order to get this done. Now, uh, there was a report earlier today, Brian Windhorst had said that LeBron's not really shoving the Lakers into doing this or anything like that, but he does want improvements on the team. Fair, LeBron's always going to want to see improvements on the team. And the best option out there right now to improve the Lakers is Kyrie Irving. So the Nets are looking at this situation saying, well, maybe, you know, if we just wait, the closer we get to August 4th, the more pressure that puts on the Lakers and the more likely it is that they're going to give. They're going to blink in this staring contest if we just wait. And realistically, it's not like their offer is going to get worse. And who knows? If we wait, maybe another team will jump uh, jump in. Heck, let's float some more names out there, right? They floated the Mavs out there as a team that might want Kyrie, even though that was instantly met with pushback from the Mavs, who said, nope, we don't, we don't want him. And then they floated the 76ers, who, who said, are you crazy? Putting Kyrie with James Harden again? No, we're not doing that. But... You never know. Maybe another team jumps in. So that's another thing that the Nets are looking at. Hey, maybe a KD trade goes down. Kevin Durant gets traded and that shakes something loose. And suddenly a new team is interested in Kyrie Irving. That's another thing that the Nets are hoping for. Meanwhile, the Lakers are saying, why should we give you everything you want when we are literally the only team interested in Kyrie Irving? You've got nowhere else you can send him. Your alternative is to try to get him to come back this season and play for you. Let's see how well that goes or pay him $37 million, $36 million and change to sit at home. Which would you prefer? Get some stuff for us or pay the guy all season. And then he's going to join us in 2023 as a free agent. That's the Lakers side of this. And so you have both the Nets and the Lakers with their own bargaining position. And both of them are waiting for the other side to blink. Now, again, it's me. I think ultimately, Ultimately, there's a deal to be had here, right? Everybody I talked to at Summer League, I was fairly optimistic that at some point, Kyrie will ultimately end up with the Lakers. It just, it makes too much sense all the way around. There's not another team that needs Kyrie, really. If you look at the different landing spots potentially for him, where else are the Nets going to go? And the Lakers, from their side, they can't afford to blow this. They can't. Right? What, what's going to happen if the Lakers bring Russell Westbrook back? If Rob Palenka brings Russell Westbrook back and we have another disastrous season, and I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen because Darvin Ham might be able to get better season out of Russ. Maybe you get better health from LeBron and AD. But ultimately, is that a team that is probably going to go to where they want to go? What are the odds that Russ, LeBron, and AD gets the Lakers where they want to go? Because on paper, the fit isn't there. In practice... The fit was not there when they're on the court together. The fit was not there. So if Darvin Ham has some magic wand that is going to fix this and change this and suddenly make Russ and LeBron and AD click perfectly, great. But that's pretty unlikely. So if you're Rob Palenka, you're looking at this situation and you're saying, this might be my ticket here. This might be the trade that I need to make in order to make sure that this is not my last season with the Los Angeles Lakers. Because let's face it, if you bring back Russ, if things go poorly again, and more likely than not, they would go poorly or at least not be as good as they were constructed to be, Jeannie Buss has already said that's going to be it. Changes would have to be made. So there's too much behind this on both sides. I think for this just to go away. Now, who knows? Maybe another team swoops in at the last minute. Maybe that happens. Maybe the Nets just continue to try to fleece the Lakers in a deal. And ultimately, the Lakers say, sorry, there's nothing to be done here. 
We'll walk away. Let's revisit the trade deadline. Maybe that's the path we go down, but I don't think so. I don't see the Nets bringing Kyrie Irving into training camp. I don't see the Lakers ultimately walking away from this. I think somehow, some way, they will figure out a path to actually get this thing done. I think that's what we're going to see happen. Uh, the question is, when does it all go down? And again, I'm not going to doubt anything that Jovan was saying because it all, all of it has the ring of truth to it. This idea that the Lakers and the Nets are kind of stuck on this pick situation with the Lakers and the Nets both having their own individual viewpoints that make them believe that they have the leverage in the situation. I think LeBron is a big factor here too. How much pressure does he put on the Lakers to get Kyrie? The expectation is that that's going to be a thing. Now, uh, Jovan also mentioned that there's clearly something going on between LeBron and Russ. Of course there is. Of course, I mean, I was there. I was at that game. I was 10 feet away from LeBron. And there was no interaction whatsoever between LeBron and Russ. I find it unlikely that two guys who are as media savvy as they both are would see that situation play out and not know what the result would be. Nor do I think it's possible that LeBron just didn't know or Russ didn't know that LeBron was there. Uh-uh. Not a thing. Not a thing. LeBron, LeBron had a group around him that was standing around him every single time. We went to a timeout every single time the action stopped. You had a parade of players and personalities coming over to greet LeBron James. There was no way that you could be there in that game and not notice that. So Russell Westbrook saw LeBron. And meanwhile, LeBron, if he looks anywhere near the Lakers bench, there's Russ in blue standing out. There was no way he could have missed Russell Westbrook. So when you add all of that up, why would, they, why would they have not interacted at all unless there were issues, some type of issue between LeBron and Russ? And really, there should be, right? Because there's so many rumors that have gotten out there about Russ and the Lakers trying to move him, despite all the great things that Darvin Ham has said about how excited he is to play with Russ and to have Russ on the team. The Lakers have done a great job from a PR perspective of putting out there the right message. It's been fantastic. Everything, everything that you would hope they would say as look, as frustrating as it may be from the fan perspective, everything you would hope they would say from the PR standpoint in terms of managing the narrative, they have been excellent this summer. They have been, and that hasn't always been the case. So it's been noticeable. But Russ knows the Lakers are trying to trade him. Russ knows that LeBron, obviously, if the Lakers are trying to trade him, they're trying to get Kyrie. LeBron's got to give the okay on that. It makes sense for there to be a little bit of animosity there. And then the question for the Lakers becomes, what if you're put in a position where you bring back Russell Westbrook, where you have to, does that bleed into the season? All the more reason to get something done this offseason and why I believe that ultimately Kyrie Irving will wind up in purple and gold. Again, there's, just, there's too much here on both sides unless we get some scenario where something happens and another team decides to take a shot at Kyrie and swoops in or something like that. Again, right now, the Lakers look at this as, you've got nowhere else to go. Why should we bid against ourselves and increase our offer? As frustrating as that may be for Lakers fans, I can't tell you how many Lakers fans I've seen saying, I'm tired of the drama. I'm tired of the updates or the non-updates because the only update that anybody wants right now, let's be real, the only update that, that people want to hear is the deal is done. Fortunately, this situation is a lot more complicated than that. So there are a lot of other things happening that require updates, that require analysis, but that's what you want to hear. You want to hear the deal is done and these are the parameters of the deal. And I get it. I get it. I understand why we can get frustrated, but that said, I think the Lakers have played this appropriately. They only have so many assets available. They only have a few. That's all they've got. And so what they have to do is do everything they can to make sure that they maximize those assets. All right, let's bring in my guy, Sean Davis from LakersNation.com. Sean, how are you doing, man? Welcome in. I'm doing all right. And uh, just starting to catch up on sleep a little bit now since we have a little bit of dead time until the news starts hammering us soon. So, uh, yeah, glad to be back. 
Sean, so when we got back from Summerlee, you you had it worse than I did. Did you sleep that the the last night there? I actually slept 45 minutes. Like I was so nervous though. The, the only reason why, only reason why I woke up, and thank God I did, is because I got a call. I got a call at 3 a.m. I promise you I would have stayed asleep, which would have been disastrous. You had to you had the the rough like 6 a.m. flight 6 out of flight. out of Las Vegas. Uh, mine was a little bit later, but I got home. I slept for 11 hours that next day. Um, anyway, nine. yeah, Not that, competition. Was, that was rough. I, I'm feeling better now. You know, I, I was talking about this with my wife and I said, I said it was enough to where I just felt so exhausted from the trip. Like I went to do the intro of one of our videos and I, I like went to kind of have the energy on the intro to do the hello Lakers. You know? hello. And I just, it just wasn't there. I, it's yeah. like I reached back. And I went to throw, and that just the strength in the arm, it was gone. The, the voice, it was gone. Um, Senpai NFT says, I'm still mad we spent our MLE on Lonnie effing Walker. <laughs> Sean, you've been doing some research into Lonnie. You've been looking at the defense. Lonnie has now, for a second time, said that he is here to bring defense to the Lakers. What's your response? Is there any hope that that will indeed be the case? Because Spurs fans think that's hilarious. I mean, after watching the film, and again, that is coming in. I mean, after last year, Spurs fans absolutely should be laughing. They should be having a good old time kicking back in their sun chair or whatever. That's probably not what it's called, eating popcorn, just having a ball, listening to Lonnie Walker say that. But um, there is some potential there. That's why I don't think he's the worst defender in the NBA, which is what some advanced metrics said, depending on who you listen to. Um, I do think there's potential. First off, he's a freak athlete and I mean, a lot of good defenders are either freak athletes or high basketball IQ players on the defensive end. More often than not, a mixture of both, but there are players that, you know, you could be a freak athlete. Personally, you can't teach athleticism. You can kind of teach some some IQ stuff, like teach him how to read things uh, better defensively and stuff like that. And he has the – yeah, he is a freak. I don't know how to say that any other way than just to keep reiterating to you guys. Um, so there is some 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 possibilities there that he could be good next year. Uh, he has the traits again, athlete who actually has pretty decent pass uh, hands in the passing lanes, getting his hands in there, getting deflections. Um, and I mean, well, shoot, if Darvin Ham thinks he can get Russell Westbrook to be a good defender, he <laughs> what is Lonnie Walker going to be uh, the defensive player of the year next year? <laughs> How bad of a defensive backcourt would a starting lineup of Russell Westbrook and Lonnie Walker be based on what we know right now? Maybe maybe Darvin Ham can get them to Kool-Aid man run through walls for him. I don't know. But what's based on what we've seen, how bad of a defensive backcourt is that? That's I'm trying off the top of my head. If without looking at any rosters, I'm trying to name a worse defensive backcourt. Portland's pretty bad, actually. If they went with Damon Anthony, that's, that's pretty, pretty bad. Rough. Yeah, that, that's rough. Is it they're probably about on that level, though, right? Probably about on that level. I would actually probably favor Russ and Lonnie. Because, again, okay. Lonnie has the traits, and Russ is just when he's off the ball, really. But, yeah, right around there. Um, Andrew Muth says, can L.A. win rings in the near future post-LeBron? If our championship window is closing, don't we need to capitalize now by going all in on Kyrie? So I don't know if you heard the beginning of the show, Sean, when I was talking about that Yovan uh, report, that ah, the so Lakers essentially it. want to keep one of the picks out and the Nets want both picks because, of course, right? I mean, that's, that makes sense for both sides. Um, is there a middle ground here? Like that's that's When I look at this, I think there's too much in this on both sides. If it's both picks, then the Lakers say, okay, but then the picks have this these kind of protections or, or maybe it's a first and a second or maybe, I mean, I, there's you can go from one side can say the Nets can say we want both picks completely unprotected. The Lakers could say no picks whatsoever. And then you can find a way to meet somewhere in the middle. I think there's varying degrees of, you know, picks in there with, when you've got protections, when you've got pick swaps to play with, when you've got second rounders, that's why I think that ultimately probably something gets done. Cause I don't think that's a chasm that simply can't be overcome when there is motivation to do so. But how important is it for the Lakers specifically just that they get Kyrie right now? I think I, I I think it's important right now, especially. I think you give yourself the best chance to win a title 
right now with Kyrie Irving on your roster. And that's what the goal is. In professional sports, the two biggest goals in professional sports, make money and win titles. The Lakers have better chances to do both of those things if they got Kyrie Irving neck or this upcoming season. Um, and personally in the future, maybe I'm just a little bit higher on a potential Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis tandem, pairing those two up, building a roster around those guys. Um, again, that is severely like hellbent on Anthony Davis being a top five to 10 player again next season and showing he can do that. But if that's the case. Then yeah, I think that's why I'm more a little bit in on Kyrie, not just for next season, but for potentially long-term. Cause I think you wouldn't just trade two first round picks or one year of Kyrie Irving. Um, so I, I think it's going to happen. Um, so yeah, I, I'm all in right now and I'm all in for a couple years after, or I think you tossed out potentially having his contract match up with AD. So 2026 yeah. or 25. So, well, and, and I think also if this, like, I mean, people have floated this out. If it's Russ and THT and none in exchange for Kyrie and Joe Harris and Seth Curry, like, okay, then I could see putting in both first. Like, because then you're you're just setting the Lakers up with all the stuff that they need in order to be a competitive team. Right. I mean, and I'm gonna get into the shooting in just a minute, but there's that aspect of it too. So it's not even just the picks. It's okay, well, what what player is it that's coming along? Maybe it's Royce O'Neal, who could be a fantastic three and yeah. D wing player, which the Lakers also need that. So there's all these other things that can be bargained in and out to add value to one side or take away from another. There's lots of moving parts that can be put into this. Um, again, if I'm the Lakers, though, I'm doing what I can to stop it at one first, even if that means that I've got to put in something else in terms of a player. We agree that the number one package, if available, would be for Kyrie and Royce O'Neal, right? Do we agree? Yes. Yeah. If I okay. if I could take anything, and let me let me double check on Royce O'Neal's contract, uh, unless you know it off the top of your head. Um, eight, yeah, eight, that nine. sounds about right. I I just don't remember the years. Call but me crazy. I think is expiring. I believe it is. Head. That sounds correct. Um, nope. Actually, okay. So it's a nine point two uh, for twenty twenty two twenty three and nine point five for the season after, which is perfectly fine. That is very reasonable for what he does. Yes, I would have him. If I had to rank Joe Harris, Seth Curry, Royce O'Neal, Royce O'Neal's the top of my list because of what he gives you defensively. And then Joe Harris too, probably? Or would you go Seth? Uh, I would go Seth because of the contract. Because of the contract okay. flexibility that you have with him. And that's and that's purely it. If you told me they have the identical contracts, I would go Joe Harris because of the size. Assuming the medicals are okay with Joe Harris. Yeah. Because then again, like if Joe Harris has a bad shooting year, you're looking at Duncan Robinson. Yes. Right. Right. But again, only two years under contract. Not the worst thing. Duncan just um, got paid, though. I do think I do think the Lakers need to get this done, though, um, for Kyrie. Because, yes. again, and that's not to say I doubt. That's not to say I doubt Darvin Ham. I just, I'm going to be skeptical that things are going to be better than what we saw last season until we see it on the floor. And mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm the Lakers, if I'm Rob Plank, I don't know if I want to take that chance that Darvin Ham, I mean, he can make it a little bit better. Maybe health obviously would, would go a long way, but mm -hmm. does that get you where you want to go? I just, that I keep landing at that spot. I, I think the trio and, and look, if he comes back, I hope I'm wrong, but I think the trio of LeBron AD and Russell Westbrook together is one that's flawed and it just doesn't work because of all the things that we've talked about so many different times. Whereas Kyrie on paper fits better. Not to say that he doesn't have his own set of issues that, that come with him. I will gladly take the issues that come with Kyrie Irving than uh, the issues we have with Russell Westbrook. Um, I also just think that I also think we've talked about this in the past with Kyrie Irving the LeBron contract I think that's they're not thinking about it like right now probably but it's, it's in the back of their head I think like okay August 4th August 4th August 4th LeBron's probably like probably penciled in for a contract extension if we get this deal done so I don't know something something to think about that's another reason why I think it's going to get done because I really do think they know we get Kyrie LeBron's locked in we get to compete for the next two years bare minimum 
Thomas Crown says Kyrie Nets jerseys is forty four percent off at the NBA store. I, I haven't looked. I can't confirm that, but that's if that's the case. I'm about to go grab one. <laughs> a Nets Kyrie jersey. Nets Just to wear it, wear it ironically to to crypto.com uh, arena. Uh, Joe Matheny said, can you explain how we lost back McClung? Oh, I actually do need to talk about this. Still confused on how he just joined the Warriors out of the blue. Here's what I heard. And I don't know. Uh, SG is asking, uh, are you going live on playback tomorrow? That That's the plan. Sean, are, are you down to do playback tomorrow? It's 930, right? I believe so. Or Eastern time anyway. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay, I'll be down. Yeah. Okay. So let's. Uh, yeah, that, that's a yes for uh, for playback. Um, how they lost Mac McClung. This is my understanding of it, and so I don't want to say that it's a hundred percent correct because summer league contracts and all that can be a little bit funky, and you don't know what's going to happen. And look, Mac McClung's been really good. Maybe he latches on with the Warriors, but there were some rumblings at summer league that perhaps the Lakers didn't actually terminate the contract of Mac McClung. Essentially, the way this is working is kind of like a loan. If you follow soccer, uh, players get loaned out sometimes. Um, if you have a player who's on your bench, who's a young player and needs development, and you're a club that just doesn't have the minutes for that player, they will loan that player out to play for another team, a lot, most of the time in another league, and that player would then get that experience playing, get to, to be more active and more involved, and that that's essentially what's going on with, with Mac McClung. Now, once again, this is just what I, what I heard, right? Just rumblings out there, so I can't say that's confirmed, that's what's going on. But this is my hope, because Mac McClung has been really good. The Lakers summer league team has not been as good without him, but it makes sense if you're the Lakers and you're saying, you know what? We got this guy, Scottie Pippen Jr. He's been pretty good. We're going to give him the bulk of the minutes. That's not really fair to Mac McClung, who is good in his own right. Let's send him someplace where he can play more minutes, get that experience. It's summer league. We don't care necessarily about winning or losing or making another team more competitive or whatever. Let's just do right by the player too. get him that increased exposure, get him more minutes and see what happens from there. So it wouldn't surprise me if Mac McClung was back with the South Bay Lakers when the dust settles from all of this. Again, that's my hope. Who knows? Maybe the Warriors are wowed by him so much that they bring him in. Remember, unless a guy's on a two-way contract um, for the the G League, they can go sign with any club. That can I mean, mm -hmm. Mac McClung was signed to what was it, the Bulls, off of the Lakers G League. Yeah. Team. So that's the way that that works. So just because they're with you doesn't mean another team's not going to swoop in and grab them, which could be a factor now with Jay Huff. But that's. My understanding of the situation with Mac McClung is that it was more of a mutual thing in order to get him more playing time. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Agreed. Would you, I, I would like if, if Mac McClung and Jay Hoff, if the Lakers have some way to hang on to them, the South Bay Lakers are going to be a lot of fun next oh, season my, to watch. Yeah. You might have to start doing post game shows for the South Bay Lakers. <laughs> That's how fun that team's going to be next year, man. Oh, this is an interesting one. Uh, for Fernando Herrera with the super chat said, I fear Kyrie will be offended. And then the Lakers don't value him enough to include both picks and back out of the whole trade thing. I, uh, I'm I'm guessing, Fernando, your fear of that happening is the same as mine. If we all remember, that's what happened with Paul George. Paul George, 
the, the rumor was he was coming to the Lakers no matter what. And the Lakers went to the Pacers. The Pacers wanted, I believe they wanted the Lakers number two pick, which was, which turned into Lonzo Ball that year, if I'm remembering correctly. And the Lakers said, no, we're not giving up the number two pick for Paul George. Paul George said, well, I was sitting here. All you had to do was come and get me. The Lakers said, we're going to wait a year for him to be a free agent. And then we'll get him for free rather than having to give up a bunch of assets in order to get him. Pacers didn't like that. Ultimately, he winds up being traded to the Thunder. And then Paul George still feeling a little bit a certain Sour. kind of way about the Lakers uh, after that winds up re-signing with the Thunder, then pushing for a trade to the Clippers rather than to the Lakers because he felt like the Lakers didn't believe in him enough to give up the stuff required to get him from the Pacers to go get him out of there. Um, I don't know if that's how things go down with, with Kyrie, but I think that fear is is justified. I mean, after, again, after what we saw happen with, with Paul George, I, I don't know how Kyrie's brain works exactly, but there, he probably would have some kind of thoughts if the Lakers just steadfast said, Nope, we're not giving up picks to get him. I understand why you would have that thought. I think this is completely different though. Um, not only because Paul George had way more of a market, nobody wants Kyrie. Sure. And I think in Indiana's case, what worst case scenario you bring Paul George back? That's a pretty damn good worst case scenario. Brooklyn does not want Kyrie Irving back. I can't stress that enough. I really don't think they want Kyrie Irving back. Um, so yeah, I think this is a little bit different, but again, I do understand why you guys would have that thought process. But nobody else wants Kyrie. I think Kyrie actually does want to be in LA. I don't think, well, again, I don't know how Kyrie thinks, but um. I can talk from the Brooklyn Nets standpoint about the market he has. He has no market, and the Nets don't want Kyrie. So I think it's a little bit different. I mean, do the Nets want Russ? Eh, fair enough, I guess. Uh, probably not. <laughs> but but again, if it's you're getting stuff, you know, with it, a, a pick or whatever, that's the key. Mamba mentality. Hearing some Lakers fans say Swider's defense is bad. He must improve, but it's not all bad. He's averaging 1.5 blocks per game. He's not Duncan Robinson bad. I mean. It's summer league. Yeah, summer league play is different than regular season, but there have been moments where his defense has not been good. But the reason why that's being so hyper-analyzed, it's because his shooting is already really good, right? I mean, he's got quick twitch. He's got a, a quick trigger. It doesn't seem to matter if guys are closing out on him. That shot goes up, and he, and he hits it more often than not. Last game, I was going crazy because the Lakers, he scored eight straight points and then the Lakers forgot about him and just stopped going to him. They're down, what, six? And he went on an 8-0 run by yeah. himself. Unbelievable. But regardless, that's the big question, right? Okay, we know he can shoot. Is he going to shoot? He's shooting, I believe, 56% from three. Is he going to shoot that forever? No, no. But he can shoot, clearly. Now the question is, can he do enough defensively, on the glass, other stuff in order to stay on the floor. So that, that's why all that stuff gets looked at. And I think it's fair to say that he needs some work there. But I'll also say, and this is to move into our next topic here, the Lakers need shooting. Um, I did the math today. The Lakers, with their new additions, I'm talking Lonnie Walker and uh, and all the guys they brought in, Troy Brown Jr., Damian Jones. You take up their, take everybody on the team currently, and you take the three-point shooting that they put up. I'm talking uh, attempts, makes, so I'm accounting for volume. Everything they did last season. If we took what they did last season, or in Kendrick Nunn's case, two seasons ago, I did include him in the calculation, and you bring it over to this season, the Lakers would rank dead last as a team in three-point shooting. That's the team that they have right now. Be dead last in three-point shooting. Now, I think there's reason to believe Guys like Austin Reeves, Anthony Davis, right? These guys, Stanley Johnson's been working a lot. Taylor Horton Tucker. Are they going to get better at the three-point shooting? Probably. Is Anthony Davis going to shoot 18% from three again? Probably not. Probably not. So there's reason to believe that they'll be better than what we saw last season. But that being said, I think it's still very clear when you look at this roster that they need shooting. Cole Swider can certainly do that. And if he can just be passable on defense, there could legitimately be a role for him on this team this season. Not saying he's getting a ton of minutes, but you need shooting. This guy was calling himself the best shooter in the draft. 
during the pre-draft process, and he's looked like it during summer league so far. I think he's, I mean, he's beyond board. He's a two-way contract, so he's definitely going to training camp. But if he continues shooting like this, the Lakers have got to see what they can do to get his defense up to par because they might need his shooting ability. I just want to touch on the hyper-analyzing part that you brought up because I do think that there's a lot of that happening with Summer League and people have a lot of high expectations for kind of no reason. So just have to temper those a little bit, not shoot Trevor, but just want to bring that up. But that's the same thing with Max Christie, for example. Like, we know he's a really, really good defender already. Okay, cool. What do you do else? Like, what else can you provide? Can you can you work on your shot? Be more, Get more consistent reps, quality reps in the gym, working on your three-point jumper. Uh, be more aggressive in attacking the basket, not getting blocked every third possession, like stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when, when we know you have one thing really, really good, that's great. Can you do something else so you can be a valuable rotation piece in the NBA? Uh, Sean, I'm going to let you tackle this one. Best case, what's the Lakers' closing lineup in a playoff situation? Let's assume, let, let's say the Kyrie trade goes down. Let's say Kyrie and Joe Harris are on the team and THT and Russell Westbrook are not. Just just to throw out a scenario. I know I'm not saying that's what the trade's going to be, but what would your closing lineup be? Kyrie Irving, Austin Reeves, uh, Joe Harris, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. It's my closing lineup. I don't think there's a weakness in that starting five. You have your shooting. You have your playmaking. You have, what, one bad defender in, I mean, Kyrie's your worst defender. Shrug. Um yeah, like there's not really much of a weakness in that closing lineup, in my opinion. So, yeah, I would go with that. Does that give you any pause that it, that Lonnie Walker is not in that lineup? No. What gives me pause, Trevor, I, I forgot to mention this earlier about the Lonnie Walker thing. When we did the best free agency signing video, the thing that gives me pause is that nobody on the panel said Lonnie Walker for the mid-level exception. That's what gives me pause. I don't think he was going to be in it regardless. I think if you keep Russ, if you trade for Kyrie, but don't get anything back, it's just Kyrie. I still probably don't think he'd be in your closing lineup. I think there's some guys who would, unless he like turns into a really good defender or something like that. But What players that the Lakers could have gotten with the taxpayer mid-level would you have preferred over Lonnie Walker? Like how many guys are out there that, that actually went for taxpayer mid-level or less? Bruce Brown, that one yep. hurt. I'm sorry. Maybe it is like his just his wife is in Toronto. He's always going to go to Toronto. But if we didn't get Otto Porter Jr. because we didn't give him the second year player option, that really stings. Yeah, there's two. Um, there's there's probably if we if we dug through the list, I bet there's another guy out there. There's a couple more probably that we would have said we would take over over Lonnie Walker, which. We'll see. I mean, look, this is going to be a very scrutinized DiVincenzo. That's another yes, good one. Yes, Dante DiVincenzo is another good one. He was yep, cheaper would, than the taxpayer, too. He, yeah. he was. I would have taken DiVincenzo over Lonnie Walker. Yes. So that's that's what Lakers fans are going to be looking at all season. And, and the Lakers may be proven right here. Lonnie Walker, so. you know, he's 23 years old. He can come out and have a fantastic season. That's not outside the, the realm of possibility. Right? So we're not. I'm not saying this is just automatically a, a terrible move and what are the Lakers doing, but on paper, if you ask me right now for the same price, which guy would you rather have? Otto Porter Jr., Dante DiVincenzo, Bruce Brown, Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker would be at the bottom of that list for me. Yeah. TJ Warren, well, yeah, probably him too, honestly. I don't know. Would you have taken TJ Warren taxpayer over Lonnie knowing TJ Warren's value was a veteran minimum? It would depend on the depend on the medicals with him. Because I, I like TJ Warren a lot. But if, if, if the team okay. was comfortable with him medically being being cleared, being healthy, I'd be okay with that. Uh, Starscream says, LOL, so we're supposed to give you Kai, Seth, and Joe. You guys want the Brooklyn Bridge, too, while you're at it. How about part ownership in the team? Well, welcome in, that. Nets, Nets fan. But, um, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying if the Lakers are going to go all in. That's what you have to get. I'm not saying that's like Nets fans should be excited. For the Nets fans, this sucks. This is a terrible situation. You should feel frustrated with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. You handed over the keys to your franchise, and what did they do? Gave you one playoff win. That's not a great spot to be in. Nets fans should 100% feel frustrated and, and be upset at all of that. Saying from the Lakers' perspective, if you're going to give up 
all of your future flexibility. That means THT, none, you both your first round picks, all that stuff. You've got to have a team that's ready to go. And if you're going to give up that stuff, it would take Kyrie Irving, Seth Curry, Joe Harris. That's it. And again, I don't know that the Nets are going to walk away from Kyrie or KD situation unscathed. It's a matter of recouping assets. Um, it's a matter of recouping as much value as you can if you're the Nets and then going from there. And I've seen a lot of Nets fans who have said, I would rather not let Kyrie get where he wants to go because we're upset with him. We're mad at him. Kick him to the curb, make him stay at home and make him waste a year of his career. I've seen that, but that's an emotional response. And as a GM, Sean Marks can't do that. His job is to try to put the franchise in the best situation he can. Now, if the Lakers were literally offering offering nothing, if it was, if it was, let's say it was Russell Westbrook straight up for Kyrie Irving, which makes no sense because the Nets would be taking on salary and getting a player who doesn't fit. If that's if that's really the only move that was on the table, then yes, the Nets would be better off just telling Kyrie Irving, forget it, just stay home. Right? Because you're not going to absorb salary and take on Russ and, and do all that stuff. But if you're getting other assets, even though it might not be quite what you want, you're doing what you can to put yourself in the best situation moving forward. I don't expect Nets fans to be excited about any of this, to be excited about any of the returns that they see for Kyrie or Kevin Durant. But unfortunately, that's the situation they've been put in. Again, I'll take part ownership in the Nets. I, I would not mind that. <laughs> so if you're offering, I, I'll take it. So, you know, no, no complaints on me there. Uh, Eric Mata said, can't add Royce O'Neal's contract. He was just traded. He can be retraded if it's uh, solo by deal. himself. So yeah. I'm talking about you would split up the trade into, into multiple pieces. So let's say you would do, um, it would be like Russ for Kyrie and something would be added in there or whatever. That would be one trade. And then a second trade would be THT for Royce O'Neal. For, so, something yep. like that, right? That's that's how you get around that, that rule. They can be retraded as long as it's individually. Uh, if we get Harris in the deal, can we re-sign Kyrie? Yes, because Kyrie was extended, or I'm sorry, picked up his player option. His bird rights would transfer with him. So even if the Lakers didn't only had five million, let's say, in cap space, just to throw out a number, um, they would still be able to go over the cap to sign Kyrie. Yeah. When do you know when the uh, when they could give him the extension? I don't know. I would have to look that up and see exactly when he would become extension eligible. Okay. Uh, Drew says Russ can't be on the team at all. He was booed, shaking my head. I look Dwight Howard. Reason Dwight Howard got booed mercilessly when he came back to Staples Center after leaving to join the Houston Rockets, and within a few games of returning to LA in 2019, he was a fan favorite. Yeah, being booed like. The boost, let, let's say, let's say that, that Russ comes back next season and is great. Let's say somehow Darvin Ham works some magic and everything clicks and Russ isn't turning the ball over and he's dunking all over everybody and he looks rejuvenated. People would be cheering for him instantly. Like, no, tomorrow. Yeah. Winning cures all. Period. Russ you couldn't think- come back from this. Yeah, for sure. You you think Lakers fans were booing him opening night, hoping that this was gonna fail? No. I mean, again, we talked about this on end. Like this, we wanted it to work. You know, that was that that's just a perfect story. It writes itself. So it's just unfortunate that it didn't go that way. Uh, who would start if you got Kyrie, Joe, and then Buddy or Eric Gordon? So assuming that You'd still be starting. Well, I mean, all three of them could, I guess. LeBron, AD, Kyrie, Joe Harris, Buddy, or Eric Gordon. I don't think they would, though. I think defensively, you you don't have enough there. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, like between Joe Harris, Buddy Heald, Eric Gordon, there's enough similarity there. One of those guys is your shooter off the bench. The other one starts. The other one starts. And, and I don't particularly know that it would matter. I, I think whichever one had the best defensive performance would be in that starting unit. Then the other one would come off the bench. Agreed. 
Uh, Spencer Evans said, if we can't get Kyrie to LA, would you guys use the final roster spot on Morris and Dennis Schroeder? So Markeith Morris, there's only one roster spot, by the way. Um, so you can pick one of them. Love the show. Watch every live stream. Well, thank you, Spencer. Really do appreciate Thanks. that. The Lakers have one roster spot open. Dennis Schroeder calls you up and says, I will play for the veteran minimum, which he's still sitting out there. Would you do it? Hello, Dennis Schroeder. Oh, I'm hanging up the phone. I'm sorry. Sorry, Dennis. Hope you get a contract elsewhere, but I'm hanging up the phone. Personally, I would, I'm, I'm more comfortable with leaving that roster spot open to be a player on the buyout market. Or if one of those guys who are on a two-way contract uh, perform well in training camp or they start to play well before they get minimum playing time to start off the season before the, their game's limit is up, then you have a fresh, nice and cozy roster spot open for them already. You don't have to worry about, ah, man, who do we cut? You're pulling care, trying to find out who do you cut. So, um, yeah, it's, it honestly, it has nothing really to do with, sh with Shooter. It's just having more flexibility when, in terms of the buyout market or, you know, wanting to bring one of these guys up who are on a two-way contract. But do you agree that Dennis Schroeder is better than a minimum contract? He's probably a taxpayer guy. Right? Yeah. He's so, a so from a value perspective, that's significant. But again, if you're putting together a, a team, like where does he play? And then does that become an issue? Like if you yeah. have a healthy Kendrick Nunn, if you've got Russ or you've got Kyrie or whatever. You don't need him. I don't need him. Now, let's say you give up Russ and Kendrick Nunn in a Kyrie trade and you bring back Kyrie. Maybe. But mm. again, I, I think, look, if Dennis Schroeder was going to play somewhere, and I think there would be multiple teams that if he said veteran minimum, they would say, okay, we'll take you. I think the Lakers would be the last place that he would go to. You think that's the problem? He wants taxpayer money right now, and everybody has pretty much either used their taxpayer or are not interested in giving him taxpayer. He turned down $84 million. He's, <laughs> Yeah, He's probably trying to recoup that money some way. Yeah. Cautionary tale, I guess. One-on-one, um, -on -one, Mamba versus LeBron, both in their prime. Who do you got? Uh, I'm going Kobe. His, and that's and it's not making commentary on who's better all time or any of that kind of stuff. I just think his game is more suited to a one-on-one -on -one specific competition. Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to go Kobe again, not saying he's better than LeBron, but like Trevor said there, he's one of the greatest one-on-one, -on -one, if not the greatest one-on-one -on -one player ever, like just go get a bucket facing your guy. Um, not saying LeBron isn't, but I'm taking Kobe. That, and Kobe would approach that with this kind of maniacal, obsessive Mamba mentality nature like he would he would be desperate to win that to game win. and prove that that's that's his that he's thrown and all that kind of stuff yep. right and lebron might be fired up for it but like kobe would play that like his life was depending on it yeah kobe was low-key a psychopath so kobe would not sleep he would be training all 24 hours he would, before. He would be training. Have you seen, uh, this is before your time. Have you seen Rocky Four? Yes, I've seen Rocky Okay, IV. great. So, so you know what I'm talking about then. The training montage. Kobe training would montage. be running uphill in the snow and lifting logs over his head and screaming LeBron from the top of a mountain and all that, getting ready for a one-on-one -on -one competition. <laughs> That's what happened. Uh, Jonas Sanchez says, hear me out. LA gets... Kyrie and Harris via the Nets, Josh Richardson and Doug McDermott via the Spurs. Okay, that's a lot of money coming in. Nets get none. Johnson, Stanley Johnson, Wendy Gabriel, second round pick uh, via Spurs. And one for, via the Lakers. Okay. Spurs get Westbrook, THT, two firsts from L.A., so the Nets are giving up Kyrie and Joe Harris and they're nothing. getting back Kendrick Nunn and some second round picks. The Nets aren't doing that. The Spurs might do that because they're really getting incentivized. Although the, that money doesn't look right. Well, here's the thing is that the Spurs would be eating all that salary mm -hmm. and the Nets would be essentially generating off the top of my head, thirty million dollar trade exception. A little uh, bit more. I mean, more than that because Kyrie's thirty six, Harris is eighteen. So 
So I mean that like right there, forty something. Yeah, yeah, even more. Yeah, that's it's a like, massive trade exception. But the Spurs—I don't even know if the Spurs can absorb that much salary. How much cap space do they have right now? Like thirty? It's close. The Spurs can absorb Russ if they send out Josh Richardson, just barely, just barely. They can absorb Russ if they send out Josh Richardson. So. I and guess if you added THT and McDermott offsets THT, so I guess the Spurs could do it. That's a massive trade exception for the Nets. That's really what they're getting out of that deal. Yeah, and we've talked about this. We actually had an extensive conversation about this in Vegas. Like, oh, why would the Nets do a Kyrie for Westbrook deal where you send Russ somewhere else and the Nets, they get back something like this, but maybe not this extreme or whatever. You get a trade exception a lot of money like this i think i forget what the trade scenario was where we were talking about like 25 mil for example mm-hmm. you go to kevin durant said hey pick a player that makes 25 million dollars and we'll go get we'll try our best we'll to go, go get them we'll go try to do it the problem is they don't have that many picks so they'd have yeah. to get picks in, in the process uh jonah says la adds wings and shooting and Kyrie, uh the nets cap lowers makes a kd trade easier and they don't receive russ spurs get the first 47 million off the books next year. Pop tries to develop THT. I think that I think it's a little bit too far. Um, but that's the basic idea. If Russ is gonna go to the Spurs, the basic idea would be that part of what the Nets would do in this trade is get a trade exception. Yeah, that's really what you're selling the Nets on, honestly. It's like, hey, look, you get this massive trade exception, like I just mentioned, take that to Kevin Durant, say. With however much money this is, what player or players, because you can use it, you can split it up, right? Or am I? Yeah. So, like, what player players do you want under this trade exception? And we'll go to our best to go get them. Davis Painter says, Trevor, how awkward around Russ at the game. I mean, Russ was pretty focused on the team. Like, he was helping coach up the, the Summer League squad. So, it's not like Russ was sitting there, like, trying to avoid eye contact with LeBron or something, or you know. Like every time LeBron looked over, Russ went like, looked down or something. No, that that wasn't what was going on. But it was just, it stood out. It stood out that every other Laker in the building came over and said hi to LeBron, but Russ. Uh, Kasuke Ru says, Lakers shouldn't budge. Only offer one first because you've offered both and Kyrie doesn't pan out. You're stuck. The Nets need to know, take our trade or lose them for nothing. Yeah, that's, that's really what the Lakers are, are looking at. That's and it. That's- I mean, the Lakers are saying... Yeah, we you have nowhere else to take him. No one else wants him. And we're not going to give up both firsts to do this. And that's what Rob is doing, and it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see what else we've got going on here. Nate says, I would like Westbrook THT one first, two seconds for Kyrie, Joe Harris, and Royce O'Neal. That's optimistic. Yeah, that's that's a bit optimistic, I think. Look, if that happened, that would be great. I'd celebrate that trade. I would say the Lakers made a great move. I don't think it's happening, though. Does that money work? I don't uh, think so. Or maybe. But, uh, it might, yeah. Because Kyrie Joe Harris for, well... That's 54. 54, 47. Yeah, it'd be close. I'd have to, I'd have to actually run the numbers on it. But it would give the Nets... A lot of so, and that's part of this too. It would be give the Nets a lot of salary relief. The Nets don't want to trade the better player and take on more money. Yeah, they want to trade the better player, have the Lakers take on money, and get draft capital and a massive trade exception potentially. And ideally, yes, they they would get a a trade exception. All right, Bernie, if Aiton does a sign and trade with the Pacers for Turner, would Phoenix be out of a Kevin Durant trade? Maybe Cam, uh, Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, Fillers picks. I feel like Toronto. It's Toronto, which may delay Kyrie. Yeah, look, if if Aiden does a sign and trade with the Pacers, that's one less chip for the Suns to move in a potential Durant trade. Although everything we've heard is that the Nets don't really want Aiden. So, but again, you loop in a third team and then off you go, right? So, I think it makes it less likely. I don't think it completely takes the Suns out of the running. I think it makes it less likely. Uh, who knows? Maybe it, maybe it won't be Miles Turner, but that's that's just a very cap-friendly way to do it because Miles Turner's making about $18 million. Aiton, base year compensation would be 
about 18 million or so. That would be about what they'd be counting. His sons would be counting his contract as, even though he'd be like 35 for the uh, Pacers. But Turner would fit nicely into that trade. Yeah. And I also feel that if Toronto had offered Scotty Barnes by now, the deal would be done. But smart of Masai, he's not. But that's just how I think. Yeah. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, let me see what else we've got going on here. You know, one of the things we would be remiss if we didn't talk about this before we ended the show, um, the Summer League squad. We talked a little bit about Cole Swider, the amazing Swider-Man. But what are your thoughts on SPJ, Scotty Pippen Jr.? He's, he's impressing me. Not to say he's been this just breakout star or anything, but he's been better than I thought that he was going to be coming in. So I tweeted out last night. It was very random. It was kind of late too. Surprised to get a lot of responses on it. I basically, just I say, what's the general consensus of Scottie Pippen Jr. amongst Lakers Twitter and Baton and NBA fans? A lot of those kind of the consensus, like, oh, he's a good player, you know, blah blah blah. You know, he's uh, performing well. Has a couple of nitpicky things he's to work up on. Good two way player. He's done well in summer league. Yada yada yada. I think he's. I think he's been fine. I think he's a good scorer who really does a great job of drawing contact and getting to the free throw line. I think he has some defensive instincts. Um, but I do think people need to pipe it down a little bit. I've seen a lot of people say, hey, give the last roster spot to him. He should be playing rotation minutes. Pipe it down. I won't even say that about Christie, which everybody thinks I like. am the biggest Max Christie fan in the world. I won't even say that about him. Let's pipe it down a little bit. I just think there's a lot of things that he needs to work on. I think he's a little bit raw. I think he is a little out of control. Not Russell Westbrook-esque, but kind of. He gets out of control in transition with driving to the basket. Um, he tries to go for the home run passes instead of, hey, there's a dude right next to you. Hit the single. Maybe we'll get a home run if he hits the three or whatever. Um, just out of place sometimes defensively. Gets blown by. I, I just think there's a lot of... There's a lot of work that needs to be done, which is okay. He's a summer league player who got a two-way contract. This is not the end of the world, but I think he needs some development, and I just temper some of your expectations. Like people are getting a little too wild, but don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer about Scotty. I think he's been good, but um, that, that's the norm during summer league, though. That's it's just, it's what yeah. happens. Yeah, it's what happens. But I, I have been impressed with him overall. Uh, Malik Williams said, "We all know last year was a disaster." What do you guys think our ceiling would be if Russ remained on the team? Is there any possible way it works? I've got the ceiling at like this five or six seed, something like that. Again, I, I can playoff wise. Oh, playoff wise. Second round. Right. I mean, I think at that point you would run into a team that would be able to exploit you enough. Yeah. Or maybe you wouldn't go on. But again, it's also possible if AD just turns in as monstrous of a season as we're hoping that might not matter, but until until we see Russ actually work with these guys on the floor, I'm going to be skeptical that it can work just because we didn't see anything last season that suggested that it can. If we had seen some flashes where when all three guys were together, they were really good and it just so happened they were all injured, like that's what we saw a season before last where the team was really good and then just got hammered by injuries, then I'd be more optimistic about it. But I'm skeptical because we didn't see it. We never saw it. 
absolute best case scenario as of right now without seeing it next season. A conference finals appearance, absolute best case scenario, but like still same thing. They're probably second round, but um, that's without seeing it like at all next season. Um, all right, so let's finish up with with this. Somebody asked, when should the Lakers start to look at the post-LeBron era? Right now. Right now. If you're the GM, you have to start planning for that. Not saying that's what you start executing, but you have to start planning. What does life look like post-LeBron? Oh, we got another super chat that came in. Christian Rodriguez says, the Nets might have the advantage. They probably think LeBron won't sign. And if they don't get Kyrie, also Lakers can't afford wasting another LeBron year by keeping Russ. Yeah, there's leverage in that. And if if the Nets are right and LeBron does indeed take that pen and say, Lakers, I'm about to sign. Is Kyrie a Laker yet? No? Okay, I'm waiting. I'll sign it when he's a Laker. If that happens, if that's the way it goes down, that LeBron's only will sign the extension if Kyrie's on the team, then the Lakers probably do give up a little bit more than what they'd like in that trade. And that's kind of what the Nets are, are hoping for here. That as August 4th gets closer, the Lakers will feel more pressure from LeBron. It's on LeBron to come out and say something to the contrary. Maybe he will. It, it would probably help the situation. Okay, really, really, really quickly. Chat, Trevor's not saying you start doing stuff to prepare for the future. Like you're not trading no. Anthony Davis no, for no, five no. draft picks. No, 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 no. Trevor's just saying like in the back of your head, you need to be thinking, okay, okay we have two years left of LeBron. Let how are we make let's make small moves that could help us in the long term. That's what Trevor's saying. But Trevor, about the actual question, you know, it'll be the absolute ultimate, ultimate leverage play. And the Nets could not recover from this whatsoever. Ooh. Is if LeBron right now, he could call up a, who do you think he's closest with in the reporter world? Mark Stein, Sham Shereen, like who would you say he's Brian Windhorst? Actually, crap, you're probably right. Brian Windhorst or Dave McMahon. He gives him a little nugget. Dave as well. Dave as well. Yep. He gives him a little nugget and says, you know what? I don't care if it's for us. I don't care if it's Kyrie. August 4th, I am putting pen to paper and I am signing an extension. Because now there is nothing Brooklyn can do. They're like, well, crap. He's signing regardless. So whatever Rob has, we'll just take it. I don't think Brooklyn can recover from that. If LeBron said, I'm resigning, whether or not Russell Westbrook or Kyrie Irving is on the team. I'm LeBron, not sure won't, LeBron won't want to give up that leverage so easily, but yes, that would put the Lakers in a better bargaining position. Um, oh, somebody else mentioned Chris Haynes as well. Yes, true. Yeah, Chris Haynes. Yeah, my bad. Um, uh, do you think we could have gotten Otto instead of Lonnie? No, it appeared that Otto wanted to go. Otto Porter Jr. wanted to go to the Raptors. So that's uh, that is what it is. I'm not saying that the Lakers should have. Oh, the Lakers had all these guys lining up and they chose Lonnie Walker. No, that's, that's not how that went down. What if the drafts are not going to pan out and become busts? How long does it take to develop these drafts after we're holding on to? Where's the urgency to win? Again, it's not about drafting a player. It's about having that asset to use in a future trade. When we yeah, talk about but, those future picks. And then also, I mean... I think we agree. The one thing we trust in this scouting department in the, well, I just gave it away, but the one point we do trust in this Laker front office is their scouting department. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you keep those picks, <laughs> I'm pretty confident the player you select is going to be a decent player. So that's another way to, uh, to look at it as well. All right. Let's wrap things up there. Appreciate everybody for joining us tomorrow. We'll be live over on playback. I'll put out a link for that on the Lakers Nation uh, playback channel. So we'll be around during the game to chat and uh, and break down everything as we go through the Lakers Summer League game. And then, uh, yeah, let's see. Tomorrow, Tuesday, we'll, we'll record a podcast after that as well. But uh, And, of course, we'll do a, do a post game. So come join us for that. We'll be right here on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel after the game. So make sure you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications as well. And then give us that five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya. And stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.